2: Here's the Fangirls on Jackalope Radio.
1: Hey everybody and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Fangirl Radio Show. I'm the host, Jessica Dwyer, and with me tonight as always is my cohort in crime, the lovely Renwell Ox. Hello! Hello! So tonight's episode is going to be um, super special. We're going to have two guests with me to, uh, with us tonight that I have uh, been working with for a while now. Um, one is Mr. Nathan Hanneman, um, who you have remembered from other um, broadcasts, who is the editor of Horrorhound Magazine. And also one of the promoters of Horror Helm Weekend, which I help co-run um, and uh, run around like a chicken with my head cut off. And uh, also join us tonight for the first time ever, after I twisted his lovable double arm um, to join us, is Mr. Eric Austin. Eric Austin is the man in charge of Mask Fest, which is one of the coolest events we have at Horror Helm Weekend. And he is one of the leads of the HMA, um, the Horror Mask Association and Eric is is great. He runs Mask Fest like a well oiled machine, and the man is got. I don't even want to know how many um, horror masks he owns. Um, but he loves showing them off on Facebook, and it's hilarious when he does it. Uh, so he, they both will be joining us tonight um, to talk about the upcoming Horror Hound Weekend, which is this month. Oh my God! I'm so excited. yay it is crazy sauce so yes we will be having the two of them on tonight with us and um, before we get to that though we have stuff to talk about the weekend geek and um, uh, i have to say first thing we're definitely going to be talking about is the walking dead oh oh my god it was so good Um, so the walking dead this week's um, if you did not read my review and recap um, was an epic episode. Uh, a lot of people are considering it to be the best episode of Season 3, if not the series, due to uh, just how well done it was, well acted, how it focused. I think a lot of people are getting um, kind of irritated with the back and forth between the prison and Woodbury um, this season. And I think that this being a focused episode on... The The three main characters, uh, Rick, Michonne, and Carl, and it was very condensed. It was only focused on four characters, and you had a couple of zombies in there, um, but the primary focus was uh, Rick, Michonne, Carl, and the return of Morgan, who a lot of people loved from the first. He was only in the one episode of the show. He was so fantastic, though. Yeah, Lenny James, who is a uh, another British actor. Um, a lot of people don't realize how many Brits are in The Walking Dead. You've got Rick, um, Andrew Lincoln. You've got the governor, um, David Morrissey. Maggie mm-hmm. <laughs> um, is also a British actress, who a lot of people don't realize that. And uh, Lauren, uh, Lauren Graham. Oh, gosh, I always forget her name. I think it's Lauren Graham. Um, and then um, you have... Uh, Lenny James who is a great actor Uh, a lot of people have seen him know him from I believe it is uh, a snatch Um, but he is he's exceptional as Morgan and I I am going to be very pissed off if they do not give him a uh, best supporting actor Emmy or at least a nomination just because of the power of that one just one episode the man nails you in the heart and it's just so amazing so uh, the Walking Dead. Just I, I really liked the fact that you've got the representation of Rick, who has lost his wife and has uh, he lost his mind? But in in comparison to others who have lost so much, he's got the one. I think truly in this episode, the representation of Carl as rick's sanity Hmm. and how he's holding on to it i i I really see this um because you've got the governor who's lost his wife lost his child he's he's went down a dark path you've got morgan who's gone down a tragic path has lost both his wife and his son and then you have rick who has lost his wife gained another child And and, and Carl, he still has hope. And I I think really Carl represents Rick's sanity and his, you know, reason for living or not his life and soul with the way he wears his hat. You know, he's he's, Rick's strength comes from who he is. And that is a police, you know, he's a cop. He's a lawman. And and within Carl, that's what you get. You, he's become Rick's strength in this world, and if Rick ever loses Carl, Rick is gone. God knows what would happen. And uh, I really think that's what this episode really shows um, with these characters, and I really like that. What did you take from it? Because I know you've been you've been kind of on the fence about this this season, if not the whole you know the last couple seasons of the show, but I think this one really really brought the A game back to the show.
3: Uh, yeah, I I definitely agree. I uh it's mostly been this season because it's just felt so wonky and disjointed and like trying really hard to hit certain notes but not bothering to provide any context or depth to anything just so they can, you know, check that box. Um but this one was this one was, you know, I I, I would say yeah, the best of the season, absolutely. And um, it brought back what I love about this show, which is um, spectacular writing that gives these amazing actors the ability to blow you away. And that was something that I something that well something I love the interplay between Andrew Lincoln and um, the guy that plays Morgan in that in that you know those two short episodes or was it even just one? um, I felt like they brought the best out in each other. And uh, they play off each other really well. It was very powerful. I liked it a lot.
1: Well, and I also like the fact that um, this uh, episode shows you what we can expect from future episodes of the show. Because the man who is taking over from Glenn Mazzara, uh, that is is going to be the head of the, the series now, the series runner, actually wrote this episode. Which makes and me so
3: excited. I'm very excited because this is this, am, is this is definitely the heart of the show. And if he can bring that game next season, I'll be I'll be pleased as punch. I,
1: I, I agree. I think that um I, I still love Glenn Mazzara's work and what he did, but uh this episode kinda ha- it has made me feel a lot better in regards to um what's going to happen when this torch is passed and we get season four. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, you know, I, I really there am was, happy. And there was,
3: time, there was time to think. I mean, I loved I loved when Morgan and, and, and uh, Rick started to actually talk to each other. And Morgan actually stopped and was looking around and said, that's a lot of guns, Rick. You know, and Rick's telling him, we got a great place. you got to come with us. It's better for you. And Morgan's like, uh, if you need that many guns, you know, clearly. Yeah, it ain't that safe. <laughs> y- yeah, you know, and that's the kind of, that's the kind of insight. That's the kind of real, intelligent character back and forth that I miss, and that is so exciting to see. It was, uh, it was good. I liked it.
1: <laughs> I, I am. I am very. Yeah. I. I have to say, I'm very happy about it. And um, I. I, I like that there was. There's also humor there. I mean, there was moments where we have. Um, uh, some like and the interplay b- between Michonne and Carl. Finally, someone told Carl, "Enough bullshit. Yeah. You're staying here." <laughs> you know? It's like you don't you don't f with the lady with the big yeah. sword. You know, Carl, yeah. you're you're and it's not
3: just Carl yeah. is growing into being you know a, a really capable young man. He I, I can't believe he still wants to do stupid stuff. Like he wanted to go into that you know walker infested building by himself. Like, everything he's seen so far about being on your own hasn't taught him that that's a really bad idea.
1: Well, but and the thing is, and, and they actually brought this up on Talking Dead. And uh, they, th- this was one of the better Talking Deads. They actually had a couple of people on that were uh, kind of insightful. Uh, was the fact that Carl's still a kid. No yeah. matter, you, you know, he's still, like, he's got that kid head space of I'm I'm indestructible no matter yeah. what. And uh, it's it's really interesting to, to see how that's going to play out as he grows into pubescence and, you know, gets the hair growing in the funny spots and all this other <laughs> stuff. Because he's going to be like one giant walking hormone in the middle of the end of the yeah. world. And we've already and seen some is, of those the little... The
3: problem is with kids like that, you know, the problem is he's capable at a young age. And that can give him a false sense of his own... Uh, you know, his own limits and thinking that he's a bit capable of it a bit more than he actually is just because he's got some talent. He's got some wits around him. You know, he, he can handle himself. But that doesn't mean he's indestructible, but the fact that he's seeing this talented himself so young is going to give him an inflated sense, or at least it should. Hello people writing. Shows. Well,
1: and that's the reason why it's good to have Michonne there, because I think mm-hmm. if, if, you know, she's wanting to be part of the group now a lot more. This, that's part of the thing, too. Within a, a lot of people have been stating this in this one episode, we get more character development for Michonne than
3: mm-hmm. we have
1: the entire season.
3: And oh, god, it's, the
1: cat that I was, pleased. the cat <laughs> was amazing. <laughs> but, I was but like I said, this
3: is freaking gorgeous. That was perfect.
1: I know, I, I, I love that scene. The thing that I, I think a lot of people may not be thinking about though, and I, I brought this up before we started recording was um, Morgan was talking about he took out his wife finally after the horrible attack on his son. Mm -hmm. But you don't hear him say, and then I blew out Dwayne's brains. And then I took out
3: my son. Yeah, he knows that we we know Dwayne turned, but we don't know anything else.
1: Right. And in the comics, if you've read those, um, the fact is Dwayne is turned Morgan keeps him alive and actually feeds people to him. So you wonder, where did all the guns come from? Um, not just those houses, but you know Morgan was not very uh, f- forgiving uh, to Rick and company when they first showed up. So, yeah, I think that he may have been feeding dead, dead Dwayne somewhere within that building and we just never saw it i hope that's the case i would love to see something horrible like that just because i'm so sick it. but <laughs> there's but one that thing would... i'd
3: like there's one thing i'd really like to see too and i understood why they did it for this episode they were trying to achieve some other plot elements so the zombies kind of were a little bit stupid and slow like they go into this you know room with at least eight or nine zombies and they distract them with only two little rats and they're probably not more than ten feet away and nobody really smells them or anything and this is after Rick and like season one remember Rick and Glenn had to cover themselves in dead guy oh, smokes, I, I and know. they still I, were kind of able to smell them so I really want to make sure that next season the zombies are because are, there's been a very slow little decline of the actual lethality I just made up a word of the zombies themselves, and I'd like to see them being a little bit more lethal.
1: Well, and I, I think that, you know, a little bit of it has to be, you know, your your suspension of disbelief. We're in zombie world. I, you know, I, I'm going to give them the benefit. I loved watching that, and I, I loved the, I could just hear in my head the little rat going, F you, F you, is it right really <laughs> <laughs> and yes. led them right yes. through? it. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
3: No, I mean, I... And, and I guess lethality isn't the word. Yes, they're still lethal. They still kill people, but they are, they're not dangerous enough. They're not dangerous the way they used to be dangerous, where any exposed arm was bitten within two seconds. You know oh, what yeah, I mean?
1: no. It, 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 well, and you've got to remember, too, it's been, um, it's been over a year at this point that it's been going right? on. So in the, in the books as well, uh, the zombies are slower and decaying. They're, they're rotting. I forgot and, about that fact. I
3: I did notice the ones in the in the uh, yeah. saloon bar, whatever the heck that building was, were all very skinny and emaciated. So yeah, so fine. I think I that's
1: that. yeah, I think that's that's affecting them as well. But still, they outnumber the um the the living people a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. it's just I think that that's part of it, and that's and I you know I'm fine with that. I am fine with that. So I know we've talked about this a lot, so we're going to move along. Um, but I will bring up something else about Robert Kirkman, the man who, who created The Walking Dead. Uh, we found out uh, this week that he is developing a new exorcism-based comic book, which is also, and I don't know if it's going to be in uh, at the same time, but they're talking about this also being on television um, as well, the story that he's creating for this exorcism based comic book, which is about a boy who's had to deal with demon possession his whole life. so um, that sounds interesting i don't know how um, how long you can stretch the story out for, but in in uh, in a world where we've had how many paranormal activity movies. Um, And The Last Exorcism, Part 2. You know, I think that this is, you know, I can see where this is going to be a a hot ticket for uh, studios to go after and and produce on TV. So, yeah, Robert Kirkman is going to start something else other than The Walking Dead. So, interesting. See how well that goes. Um, Also in the land of comic books, the big rumor, and it could be debunked by the time this airs, But because that's how it rolls in the world of the Justice League movie universe, Um, we've we're now being told that uh, Warner Brothers is going to have Zack Snyder direct. Who uh, he's helming? He helmed Watchmen, which I loved to death. Um, He is also the director behind the new Superman movie. Um, They're also talking about having Christopher Nolan produce. And the big news is the rumor uh, of. Christian Bale returning as Batman. Hmm. So, if anything could get him back in the as the bat, it would be uh, having Nolan involved in some capacity. I have no doubt. And uh, if anybody could helm this movie, I think it would be Zack Snyder. Uh, he's very, very good with other people's material, and. I like a lot what I've seen from the Superman trailers. So Man of Steel looks gorgeous to me. I'm very excited about that film. Um, so, I it just it makes me, it makes me want to cry every time I see that the trailer. I mean he it's just that beautiful, and people say well it's Superman he's a, I'm like you know okay I grew up in the time of Christopher Reeve's Superman. He was my Superman. I I was that was one of the big things in my youth was Superman and those movies and watching them and never missing them when they were on TV. And he was my hero. You know, that was, that was it at first when I was young. And so I have this place in my heart for Superman. And, uh, I liked Superman returns specifically because Brendan Routh was the reincarnation of Christopher Reeve. So, uh, and, and I liked just how it, that, played at least in that part um but this looks like a beautiful meshing of my superman and what Zack snyder can do with visuals and music and um he has this magic touch when it comes to even sucker punch for all the problems i had with that movie it was still pretty mm-hmm. um but when you give him a comic book and you give him other material that he didn't write that, that someone else was uh, has created. And he has this magic touch with it. So when you take those two things and you combine them, you get that trailer. And, oh, my God. I, like, literally cried the first time I saw it. It was just that pretty. So, yes, Jessica has a heart. Um, and it's partially owned by Clark Kent. So, um <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, but I, I can't help it. I'm very excited There'll about this. there be a
3: timeshare so, in there, considering how many other owners you've got.
1: I know. I'm a just a whore. <laughs> I'm their whore. Um, but uh, anyway, I, I am very excited uh, for Superman uh, to come back in Man of Steel. And I, if anybody could helm a Justice League movie, it would be Zack Snyder. Someone was asking who else out there, because you've got all these act- these directors now who are horror- who are just already taken, like J.J. J. Abrams, Joss Whedon. All these guys are taken. Who, who was left? And my response is, if not Zack Snyder, Edgar Wright. And uh, I will yeah, stick by that'd that. that
3: would be interesting to have Edgar Wright do it. I, yeah, would be very interesting. I,
1: <laughs> it, it would be, but I think he could do it. I think hmm. he could do it. Um, so I'm going to rush through mine real quick because I know ren has got um, – uh, we can get she wants to share. Uh the other thing in the world of comic books that we have um going on is X Men Days of Future Past. They just added Halle Berry is coming back as Storm. No! No. Uh, you know what? I'm she's good as Storm. I'm fine no, with that. She's not. I'm she's I'm not. fine with that. I, I would horrible. rather have Amon, Iman, but Amon's too old and there's really no one else left. And she's, she's already horrible. established. She's already established. But here's the thing this movie if you go look at the IMDb entry for it, has so many effing Oscar nominees and winners in it. I'm sorry, Hollywood, you and your your assholeness when it comes to comic books. Films and genre work, you have to let that go now because you've got Halle Berry, Jennifer Lawrence, Peter Dinklage is involved, Ellen Page, Michael Fassbender, Sir Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart, excuse me. You have, um, who else? Uh, you know, Hugh Jackman's in there. How many award winners do you need in one franchise to get your respect?
3: Well, it has to be good, though.
1: I but mean, I'm, how is this and I'm not, not arguing, good. I'm not
3: arguing that it's know. not going to be good, but I'm saying just the you know, the people you cast doesn't guarantee that you're going to have a fantastic I understand
1: film. that, but in Hollywood, they, the they act like... The, in Hollywood, you've got a movie like Crash that blew, yet it got nominated for Oscars and, and crap, and it, uh, I, I just, I, I don't know what it takes for... The genres I love to get the respect they deserve. Yeah,
3: the, this- only, the only snub I really felt was that Josh should have got a nom for Best Adapted Screenplay. Because everybody agreed that he did a miracle with that film. How do you incorporate all of these people and have this still be a coherent watchable movie? He did something insanely awesome. And well, usually when people do something insanely awesome in the field of screenwriting, they get nominated for something.
1: Yeah, well, and not just that, but I I, I mean, seriously, The Avengers only was nominated for one effing award, and it didn't yeah. win it. No. And that's ridiculous. And I love that line that Robert Downey Jr. dropped, I think it was him, about most successful... Oh, no, I think it was... Um, McFarlane said this. Made billion a um, billion dollars this year. Oh, yeah. Most for successful one Oscar. Film,
3: most successful yeah. film of the entire year nominated for one Oscar.
1: Yeah. yeah, one Oscar.
3: Okay, going back like four minutes, Gina Torres... Zoe Washburn
1: I she's know digital. but you've got the same problem With her uh, you know they At the time they should have cast her originally I don't but they care
3: didn't. No one is worse than Halle Berry <laughs> 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 Plus she's on what? top of that You could have done
1: better if you cast a white girl I said it <laughs> Well, we did, we did have Fantastic Four where they had uh, what's her name as Don't Sue Storm Don't even talk and they, to me about that film. That they film had to make deadly. her hair blonde. She looked like the, one of the Wayans brothers from White Chicks dressed as Sue Storm. I'm oh, sorry.
3: I, I'm not being <laughs> it racist. It terrible. just looked
1: horrible. It looked she horrible.
3: Does do blonde. She does not do blonde at
1: all. No. no. Sorry. <laughs> all right. Tantrum, tantrum over. Tantrum. Letting it go. Letting the negativity go. Um, Harrison Ford is going to be an Anchorman too. Nice. There, I said it. He's going to play a an, uh, senior Anchorman. And um, someone was out there saying he hasn't done a true blue comedy since Working Girl. Holy crap! <laughs> wow, I can't wait. Yeah. So, um, yeah, with that, I think uh, I think we're we're getting ready to run out of time. So I'm having Rin go with your weekend geek.
3: Okay, well totally changing gears along the same lines as we can geek last year or last week. Um, nerdy Space
1: <laughs> stuff. Yay,
3: nerdy space Dirty stuff. Nerdy Space Stuff. So I just because I'm still following this and if anybody else is remotely as interested in I as I am, here is the news in space. Uh SpaceX, lovely, fantastic, um, private company, not you know, they, they I think they probably get some government money, but they're not a government institution. Um, they launched the uh second trip Up to the International Space Station this week and there was a little bit of a problem and it was scary because after the rocket which worked perfectly well this Falcon rocket is a genius thing went straight up uh, into orbit launched the Dragon capsule which has all the goodies inside it meant for the space station and then the Dragon capsule has these four thrusters on it that'll drive it towards the space station and only one of them worked and everybody was like oh crap because it can't fly with one thruster and it was it was just sort of floating free and everybody was trying to figure out, oh, God, what the hell do we do with this thing? Um, so they decided to put out the solar panels, the big, giant, rectangular arm solar panel things, to stop it from spinning so fast, which is just like if you're spinning around and you... If, it, well, Elon Musk, the guy that uh, runs SpaceX, described it like if you're an ice skater and you throw your arms out, you spin slower. So, centrifugal force, yes, conservation of angular momentum. Um... If, and so then they just tried for like a few hours to, uh, there was some stuck valves, and they essentially just cycled the valves for like three hours until they got loose and allowed the thrusters to work, and then all four thrusters work, and yesterday or Sunday morning it drove up to the space station and docked, and I guess the astronauts were so excited they opened it a day early because they wanted to know what was inside, and they got some apples, among other stuff, that's all I know. So very exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's worrying to hear about problems in this because you want it to work. I want it to work so bad that private companies get into space. But it didn't, you know, we had a problem, and they were able to fix it in space and still get the job done. So kudos to SpaceX. Fantastically exciting. Um, yeah, follow the, the guy, Elon Musk. He was, the, he was giving up more information online during the uh, during the whole thing than anybody else. He was the dude to follow on Twitter to know what exactly was happening up to the minute of what was going on in space. So, find the dude on Twitter and follow him next time the SpaceX is going up in space because it's exciting stuff.
1: Well, and I actually thought of you. I was reading an article today about um, the couple that they spent like 15 months together and... and antarctica and they were wanting this couple to be the two that went up in the mars mission that you were talking about oh, previously yeah yes. and uh they said no <laughs> <laughs> they said no they <laughs> said no and, and apparently the gal wrote an entire essay about it for the bbc about why well,
3: wouldn't go to mars
1: yeah and it so and I it makes sense because i'm said,
3: crazy i'm the only person who wouldn't want to go to mars
1: she said well no reason? she's she said the reason was because of the um, part, the main reason for it was that it, they would have to rely upon constant contact and help from Earth. Yeah. They wouldn't be self-sufficient, like they were in Antarctica. So yeah.
3: what the heck kind of reason? <laughs> I can't do it myself, so I'm not going to Mars. The day yeah, I get yeah. my own spaceship and go to Mars is the day I will go. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life.
1: The, well, this woman's tough enough to live in Antarctica with one dude for well. There's over another eight years. couple. There's another <laughs> couple, an
3: astronaut couple. I don't remember their name now, but um, they did a biosphere experiment for three years.
1: They're so, crazy. Ah, they beat. <laughs> so yeah. Um, anyway i thought that was interesting i'm like no we have to and and, but her point made sense so um but moving on to we have to get our interviews tonight and i'm excited because i've never had eric on the show and this should be this should be fun so um magical amanda go forth and bring us our two sacrifices for the night nathan hanneman and eric austin (laughs) oh So, everybody, uh, I would like to welcome our special guest for the night, Nathan Hanneman, editor of uh, Horror Hound Magazine, as well as promoter for Horror Hound Weekend, and Mr. Eric Austin, head of HMA, and also the head promoter for MaskFest. Welcome, guys.
4: Thank you for Hello, having how on. are you?
1: Doing good. And um, so... <laughs> uh we have a huge huge uh convention coming up uh Harham weekend this in like two and a half weeks i think it's it's too big it's too big it it actually <laughs> is one big. of the biggest shows you've ever done um so I was just gonna give Nathan a chance here to talk about uh what's going on with that right now and how things are looking for the show
4: um things are getting quite crazy uh we're three just under—is th- it under three weeks away?
1: We're under three weeks at this point. Yeah. Oh
4: my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> um, basically, we have like a hundred celebrities, three thousand vendors, and um, too many movies, and <laughs> oh, it's just a lot.
1: <laughs> well, and, and we just announced that the entire cast of Holliston is going to be at the show. And uh, they're doing a live script reading on stage and a Q and A on Saturday.
4: Nice. Yes. And uh, oh, cool. and this is this is very rare because they've tried many times to get D invol D Snyder involved in one of these and this is the first time he's actually going to uh going to be a part of something like this.
1: That's awesome.
4: Even That's... even uh, FearNet who who po- hosts the show were were surprised. <laughs> they were like, Dee's doing it, whoa.
1: Well, he's a horror fan, though, isn't he? I mean, oh, yeah. he's, he's a massive horror geek. I, I, I'm surprised he hasn't done more shows, actually. It's odd to me. But, uh, Eric, you're involved with this, too, and you have a booth at the show uh, to promote HMA and um, Maskfest. Yeah. Which, uh, so tell us some about that. What is HMA, first of all?
5: Well, the HMA, let's see, um, started out like 13 years ago and it's just really a website on the internet for people who devote their lives to collecting Halloween masks and uh, props and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, I started that back in 99 or 2000, I believe. And we have like a lot of, you know, special effects makeup artists, etc. during their spare time who create like brilliant you know, pieces and stuff and sell them on the site, you know, for a lot of uh, collectors. And that's nice. really where we get a lot of our guests and vendors for Mass Fest from. So,
1: well, and do you, do you design your own as well? Do,
5: oh, I, I am not in the business of making masks, no. <laughs> no. Not at all, no.
1: But you buy a lot of them, though.
5: I do buy a lot of them. I mean, I've tried to, uh, I've tried to call that down a little bit, though.
1: <laughs> How many do you own at this point, Eric? I've, I've oh always wanted God. to ask
5: you.
4: I've always no. wanted to ask
1: you. Come on. Admit <laughs> um, it. Admit your problem.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, you, you know, all you guys know that, I mean, I recently moved, like, uh, a year and a half ago. And when I was, when I was, uh, back at my old house in my home state, I was packing everything up, you know. I started taking count and it it got above 500 pieces.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I
5: mean, and, and and these things are they're, they're the size of a human head or or larger. So, I mean, so at that at that point I was like, dude, you've got a serious problem. <laughs> And now that I've moved, I mean it's unfortunate, but everything is in storage. So yeah, I mean I, you know, I pay up the rear end to uh, store the stuff on
1: a monthly basis. So, and and when I'm you ca- store masks, you have to do it a special way, or they will rot and 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 deteriorate. So that's an extra. Oh pain. yeah. Oh
4: <laughs> You're yeah.
5: Like oh what? <laughs> 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 what? You want- Seriously, um, no, you're right. Uh, you know, um, Nathan will understand this because he's a big Gremlins fan. They're they're like freaking Gremlins. I mean, or, or Mogwais. You know, you you can't don't get them wet. The yeah, yeah. No, it's true. You know, you know, keep them away from humidity. Uh, you know, UV rays. You know, from the sun, fluorescent lighting. Uh, Excessive heat, excessive cold, etc. It's it's, well, it's kind of a pain in the rear end to you know, take care
1: of the Well, what's saying. funny is my sister, no one realizes this, but she doesn't look like, she doesn't dress like I do. She doesn't look like uh, anybody usually at these shows because she's always nice and prim and proper looking. But she has like all the, like at the last Mass Fest in one of the booths, right. we're looking at, we're over there and like, he's like, I've got that. I've got that. I've got that. And this is the stuff they don't sell. This is just stuff to look at. Um, and wow. he was talking to one of the guys and like that little little troll Frankenstein with the Frankenstein head but the troll body he's got one of those he's got a couple of the really old Don Post Bela Lugosi masks and he was asking one of the guys what should I do with these because I've just got them in a brown paper bag in my house right now ah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the guy's like looking at her like with tears in his eyes that she's talking to <laughs>
5: I keep them in the freezer. Oh, really? <laughs> I,
1: I have them underneath my cockatoo's cage. Is that a bad place for her? Uh, no, savage, but she's got have these things. Egg shoved in the back of my fridge. But, uh... <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yeah. She has no idea, but she's got this stuff that's like, we're, we're you know, these are old. Somehow they've lived through it. Yes. I don't know how. But he's made crazy. him last. It's so funny though. It's like, when you were talking about that, it made me think of him. Like I saw that guy, like kind of trembling, and, and wanting to like try to strangle her. I think. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, it's weird, you know. I mean, I, I see her sister at every mask and uh, I I, I, re- I rarely talk to her. I mean, I, you know, I see her at night and stuff.
1: After blur. blur everybody smoke. sees her at night, blurily. it's <laughs>
5: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not that much, but, um, you know, uh, but at any rate, no, I mean, I, I didn't know she was into that stuff. It would be really cool if she would bring some of it to a show. I,
1: I told her she should get a table and sell it, but I don't think, I think she's one of these people like me that she's going to have it buried with her. Um, I'd no one did, rock. I'm taking it with me to the <laughs> crib. <laughs> F you all. No, but, um. But I wanted to give you a, a chance, Eric to talk about mask fest because it is really one of the coolest parts of um, when we have the uh when we have, have throw it at Harhem weekend, it yeah. really is one of the coolest things because you have these displays and things that are just mind blowing it's like walking through a museum
5: uh, well, no thank you I appreciate that um, this will be our this will be our fifth year doing it. We started in uh, two thousand and nine. You know, thanks to Nate,
1: mm-hmm.
5: we uh, we joined we joined up with <laughs> Horrorhound in 2009. Stop it! Yeah, I, I got through it. You know, but um, <laughs> at, at any rate, no, this this will be pretty much kind of our fifth anniversary, and uh, so far so good. I mean, we really haven't advertised it much anywhere and we've just been hitting around about it on facebook and, and whatnot but we already have some really cool things planned for the show um i you know i always thought that one of our best mass fests was in 2010 you know you know the massive show with Clyde barker and george oh and yeah you rem- everybody remembers that show
1: yeah, everybody yeah. remembers that show because the I had to walk out into the lines and be like, "It's okay, he's coming." No, seriously, he's coming. Right, right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, <lies.
1: laughs> that, God
4: love him.
5: Yeah, but that was uh, that was really one of my my favorite Mass Fest, and at that show we had more of a a museum type feel to it. I mean, I we we try to bring in a you know bits and pieces of a museum um, feel to each show. But that show in particular, I don't know if you recall, but we had some brilliant, you know, life-size stuff from oh, artist yeah. Tom Keebler. And then we had the Universal Monster Army there with their display. Then we had
1: uh, Monty Ward there with his stuff. And oh, the I, Vincent I, Prices that were there, they were there too, right? The the um... Oh, from Cortland Hall. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think they were th- he was...
5: Was in attendance, we the, and that was great. We, we had the Pillar of Souls. Yeah, that's yeah well, we, I was getting to that. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we, basically, uh, Ben, you would have you would have like ran in there and and fell to your knees in worship, looking at this stuff. Is it? It was just beautiful, beautiful work.
5: Yeah. Well, the only problem with that, we we had people knocking the stanchions down all the time during that show because oh. that that crowd was so big. You know.
1: Oh yeah, it was. It was almost hard to walk around in there at that point because it, it was literally just, was. Yeah,
5: but was but you know to get back on point here, I mean that was <laughs> one of my favorite shows. I loved that whole aspect, of, you know, the life size figures throughout, and I think that show had um, more than we we had ever had. And, well, and the last
1: the last one did we have? Did they have the um, the life size zombie at it? Was that?
5: Yeah, 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 we did. We we tried to spread it in, instead of you know in, instead of like centralizing everything into a museum, so to speak. We wanted to spread it out throughout the throughout the mask fest. So you know so. You wouldn't get bored with with every aisle you would go down. You know, you might go down one aisle, and you're like, oh, yeah, you know, hell, there's a life-size zombie, how cool, and then the next <laughs> aisle, you'll, you'll see something else, and it's it's just really cool.
1: So kinda It's like a, a giant undead rocking horse. <laughs> <laughs>
5: right, right. You remember <laughs> the rocking horse, yeah.
1: That thing I was think, huge.
5: <laughs> yeah, there are photos on the internet floating around with me on that thing.
1: Um, yeah. <laughs>
5: But at any rate, no, we've got some really cool things revolving around, you know, some more um, impressive display pieces this year. We've, we've got an incredible early response from artists around the country who want to, you know, take part in the show.
1: And, and, and so mask Fest this year is happening in September, correct?
5: Right, right. Right. Uh, you know this. This again. It's a, it's a part of Warhound Weekend, and it's really cool for everybody who buys a ticket to Warhound Weekend because it's a convention within a convention. You know.
1: Yeah, it's you don't awesome. Have,
5: you don't have to pay. A, you don't have to pay an extra admission. Nope. And it's a you know the truth weekend. Of it is it, what's that? Sorry.
4: I was just gonna Go iterate the uh, weekend September sixth through the eighth in Indianapolis.
1: Right. Yeah. Indy. Back to Indy. In the,
5: But, you know, one of the coolest things, you know, uh, for me about MassFest, I mean, MassFest is larger than a lot of shows that, you know, do charge the same admission that Horrorhound charges. It's it's pretty wild.
1: Well, and it's, like like you said, it's not just uh, looking at stuff, too. You've got people selling their works in there, which is pretty awesome. And then Uh, you have... And then you have creepy baby heads walking around on people. Was,
5: <laughs> yeah, we've got those that. damn
1: things creep me out. I'm sorry.
5: <laughs> oh my! I mean, yeah that, that the baby heads that that was uh, uh, that was a creation from an artist we had one year, Landon Meyer. And
1: yeah, that got
5: uh, on TM, TMZ, right?
1: Yeah, because he have the Charlie Sheen mask too. The, yeah. the yeah, yeah, I
5: I know it was on Attack of the Show. I don't know about. I don't don't watch too much TV but when Attack of the Show was still on the air it was on Attack of the Show.
1: (laughs) Well, and so Nate, I wanted to give you a chance too to talk. Can you tell us at this point how many tickets we've sold just to get an idea of how big this show's going to be?
4: I can't tell you the ticket numbers. That's just... (laughs) Don't talk about their paychecks, right? (laughs) 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 Let's just let's just say it's a lot more than anyone's ever seen at one of our events. So it's, it's going to be quite that it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. it's it's... We've built this, this thing called night terrors for this show. Um, cause we not only have taken over an entire convention center, which we've never done a convention center show. Um, but we also have the hotel across the street. So this the night terrace is our attempt to try to make sure that we don't lose our after hours. You know, like, I love the idea of everyone just, it's like a, uh, a family reunion every show. And, and I'd it hate is. to see that go away just because we're at a convention center. So we built up a huge amount of events at the hotel after the show.
1: And we're still doing the water park. And then we're also doing the um, concerts,
4: Yes, full full concert too. It's uh, it's kind of funny. Um, we used to joke about, you know, when you were a kid, you always wanted to put on a concert. And it's like, we got a a great lineup of uh, the big bad, who Eric's friends with. That's um, true. It's true. Yeah, it's
1: true. and we're bringing Stellar Corpses, um, which is awesome. Stellar,
4: stellar Corpses are amazing. Harley Poe. If you've never heard Harley Poe, you should.
1: Um, Dead Dick Hammer,
4: and um, I'm very excited about the Coffin Cats.
1: It's going to be great.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's just you—you get two of those bands tops at a a concert you go to anywhere else, where you—you know, it's like, come on, all five in one place.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the only sucky thing is we've turned into Comic Con, and the fact that we have to pick what we're going to do. That's the only, we've got so much stuff <laughs> that we're going to have yeah. people pissed off. They're like, why are you having that movie now? And I want to go to the concert, but I want to swim, Dad. Well, sorry.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a dilemma because the, uh, like, technically, I think, like, uh, Walking Dead photo ops are happening this, while the show's happening, while a um the Holliston event is happening while the film festival is playing a movie which I can't announce yet. We'll be able to announce it next week. And, ah. uh, you know what it is and I know what it is and I can't want to see it. And it's nobody it's just, told me unfortunately, You know what it is. <laughs> it let's just let's just say this. It's a remake.
1: It's it's a remake and it's, uh, oh, God, I, I can't give the hint because it'll give it away.
4: <laughs> if people follow me on Facebook, I, I did just note how I watched it not too long ago. <laughs>
1: <sighs> well, and and that
4: is just, that's giving look, it away right there. I
1: will, I will just say this. I will just say this. It is not the first time that the lead actor has played a psychopath. There, I've said it. That's my hint.
3: That's not not a hint in the horror industry. In a movie.
5: (laughs) (laughs) She's right. That's a a geek, (laughs) hint. That's a geek hint. There you go. Sorry. As
4: as far as all that's going on, it's like, you know, we got so many huge guests like Robert Patrick and John Carpenter and The Walking Dead. And uh, I, I think we're up to 40... Celebrity guests, which is, uh, I think, the most we've ever had, and they just keep coming. We can't even stop them from from being added anymore.
1: And you said that we have a couple that we get to announce on the show tonight. Yes,
4: yes, yes. I was. uh, I suggested Eric announcing one.
1: Well, Eric, would you do the honor of announcing one of our guests?
4: Oh yeah. Our ham weekend.
1: (laughs)
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I am. I am stoked about this one because uh, I've been a fan of this man for years. Um, Charles Band will be attending the show.
1: That is it's awesome.
5: His first tour. Whor- Hor- Han- yeah, yeah it is his first tour. And-
1: we've had a lot of full moon people at our shows, so this is the chance for people to have uh, things that they never thought they'd get all the signatures on signed, kind of like what we're yeah. doing with that's pretty awesome well I gotta
4: take down my stinking reanimator poster for <laughs> <the time again. laughs>
1: as long as your cat the, as long as the cat doesn't get a hold of it you'll be fine
4: <laughs> this will be the last time um, <laughs> but, but yeah it's. Uh, I believe I'm waiting for confirmation but I believe on Friday back to back with the subspecies reunion panel he's going to be doing a mini road show live on stage <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. That would be great. Oh, dude. See, this, I didn't
5: even know about that.
1: I didn't know about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. See, and this is more stuff that we're going to have to pick and choose what we're going to do. You suck, we, Nathan. Yeah.
4: We, 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 <laughs> uh, we hired a documentary crew just to record everything so we can watch it later because we're not going to be able to do any of it.
1: I know. I'm going to be stuck probably delivering water to frickin' lori <laughs> <laughs> delivering
4: yeah we 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 have a few more potential guests um, this profane exhibit um, people may have been hearing about this movie that's making its premiere at Horror Home on uh, on that Friday March 22nd and uh, it looks like there's going to be some names dropping in who have work who are working on the film or have connections to the film and um, Jessica, if you would like to announce the second
1: and name. I am not going to butcher this. I'm going to say it right. Um, <laughs> we have Maurizio Guarini, who uh, was, is a member and was a member of the band Goblin and worked on such soundtracks as Suspiria, Martin, Patrick, and uh, the Profane Exhibit as well.
4: And, and, and Crawl Space Beyond Zombie and Gates of Hell.
1: Yeah, uh, so uh, you guys out there with the soundtracks, and I know a few of you, um, mm-hmm. be ready to get those signed, especially the Martin and Suspiria ones, because this is pretty damn cool that this guy's going to be there.
4: It's amazing. Yeah, i got to get my Martin poster out of the frame though.
1: <laughs> I have the actual novel. I have the novel. Which is well, crazy. that novel. <laughs> no. I, it's oh, not God. that I have the novel. Ah, you're witty. <laughs> Sorry, I just really, really like um... <laughs> But yeah, so everybody, you really should come. to If you're going to pick a horror Hound weekend to go to, this one, uh, this month, is the one to come to. It's, it's massive. It's crazy huge. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm not... I don't feel... um. I'm sliding it at all and saying that it is pretty much the Comic Con of horror conventions. This is going to be ridiculously big, and uh, you should come. It's going to be fun as hell. Oh if yeah! You can't, September sixth or eighth. There you go. <laughs> September sixth or eighth, which I know I'm. We're working on some crazy stuff for that too already, and and uh, I can't talk about it because he's told me I can't.
5: Wait! I, I can, wish I, I can, wish. can talk about. I can <laughs> talk about. <laughs>
1: Now, now, yeah, Eric can talk Whoa. about what he's got going on.
5: <laughs> I can Whoa. talk about stuff here.
1: No, no, don't worry. Don't
5: worry. All right. <laughs> tell folks tell <laughs> the where these it. things I'm, are
3: taking place. This,
5: this yeah, this, this is kind of a, you know, uh, this is a debut announcement for the oh. show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, you know. I didn't think you were going to do it. I'm, I'm dropping it here. Um, oh my! What? You know? <laughs> oh, wow! Uh, oh gosh! Oh look. <laughs> no! If you are a fan of you know, um, monsters, masks, props, anything like that, makeup, whatever, you know, you should know of this television show. It's one of my favorite TV shows um, on these days. Um, it's called Making Monsters on the Travel Channel. And we have secured Ed Edmonds, uh, Marsha Edmonds, both you know from Distortions Unlimited fame, and artist Jordu Shell, and all three of them will be at the September Mask Fest event at Horrorcon Weekend, and well. the film the film crew will be there as well, filming. So, They're gonna ooh.
1: film an episode of the show at HorrorHam Weekend in September. Oh, that's
5: pretty good. Yeah, they will be filming there. Yeah, you know, I mean, who knows? With you know, reality television
3: <laughs> and all of that, who, know, who knows what gets
5: cut and all of that? You know,
1: they may write but, in Eric having to actually do the whole stick with the thong and the the doves and the explosion. I know. I
5: know. <laughs> we need to get Europe there to play my jam too. You know? <laughs> Oh,
4: so, I want. No, if we get Europe, we have to get um White Sister for me.
1: White sister. I want King Diamond to hell with you all. We'll get
5: King Diamond Striper for Sean. Striper. Ooh.
1: Oh my god, that would be awesome. Yeah.
5: So no, and I'm can... really excited about that. I mean, uh, that's making great. Monsters, yeah, it pulls in huge numbers uh, for the Travel Channel. Um, and I just, I really think that's just one of the best uh, television shows on right now if you're into that kind of thing, and if you're not, watch it. If you haven't seen any episodes, I think you can pretty much find, I, the Travel Channel is so cool, you can either find them on their website or on YouTube in their entirety, um, so you can start watching them tonight if you want.
1: That's awesome.
4: Yeah. I, I love that show because growing up, I never thought like about. It's like Christmas; you never think about the elves that make the toys. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's hilarious. Well, it's guys, really I want to, I want to thank you guys for coming on. I think we're about to run out of time. Um, but yeah, this was fun. We have to do this again, Eric. See, it wasn't so bad, yeah. was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, this
5: was. This and was a good And
1: so and. Good for- yeah, and and thank you for the exclusive announcement. That's great. So when this airs on Thursday, um, everybody will will know. That's pretty awesome. Um, no problem. Cool. Well, thank you guys again for joining me, and Ren, thank you again for uh, for being my cohort in crime here. And guys, uh, once again, Harhound weekend um, for March is. March twenty second through the twenty fourth in Cincinnati, Ohio, at the Sharonville Convention Center. It's going to be huge. Um, you can still get tickets right now online, and then you can also pick them up at the door. Uh, it's going to be a great show. harhoundweekend.com. com. And Eric, um, do you have uh, do you have the address for HMA where people can check you out? Um.
5: Well, right now they can they can always check us out at uh, thehma.net. dot T-H-E-H-M-A dot net. Uh, we're dealing with a lot of spammers right now. We're trying to fix the site. But keep always keep checking in. And with MaskFest, uh, Nate and I are working on um, getting that site you know, ready for 2013. And uh, that should be done in a few weeks. And that's MaskFest.com. So awesome. check it out.
1: And don't forget to vote for the Rondos. We're horrorhound. Oh. Is yes, Horrorhound is up for what, nine awards, which is awesome, including Crazy. Best Convincing. Best Convention. You,
4: you got your first nomination. Congratulations! Yes!
1: I'm so excited about that. <laughs> still, I still can't believe it. Um, and uh, oh, also, hey, I,
4: I, I wanted to pimp, um, bloody, I believe, Bloody Good Horror was nominated for Best Podcast.
1: I think so, yeah. And, and yeah. I, didn't,
4: I didn't mention that yet in any of my email blasts, and I wanted to congratulate Eric Newell and his team for that.
1: That's great. And I, I, right now, I'm just going to do it, man. Eric Austin, mm. you, you need to be Monster Kid of the Year for that Mask Fest shit, man. Oh, you, you, write it in. Write it in, Eric Austin, Monster Kid of the Year, because, my God, any man that owns over 500 freaking masks... I think, is a monster, <laughs> a monster kid. So there or you go. At least,
5: at least get me on Hoarders or something.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's, Hoarders. It's,
1: it's,
4: it's Ron, rondoaward.com is how to vote.
1: Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, go for it. They're,
5: they're good people. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to let you know, Nathan does have a little room in his house, kind of like the governor where he has all his <laughs> lined up, and he just sits there in his chair and stares at them.
1: <laughs> and wears an iPad. <laughs>
5: he wears an iPad.
4: They 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 stare at you when you walk by them.
1: <laughs> and they try to bite you. They actually like, they do that and they try to bite you. But guys, thank you again so much for joining us. And uh, once again, this is Wire signing off for Fangirl Radio. Thank you again, and uh, we'll see you next week.
6: It's too bad you guys in houston didn't come along for the ride i got this sensational view of earth where i'm standing unless i look at the next bridge i wonder if i could hit a golf ball over it and this gravity anybody want to give me odds
2: That was an excerpt from astronaut Steve Austin's famous transmission to Earth during his historic walk on the moon several years ago. It was the voice of a courageous explorer, a man dedicated to the pursuit of man's knowledge and the expansion of his horizons. And it was for those very reasons that Steve Austin was piloting the experimental aircraft that exploded so devastatingly on the Nevada Salt Flats today, leaving Colonel Steve Austin a broken shell of a man. So badly injured, his doctors say he won't be alive in the morning. Let us all say a silent prayer for Colonel Austin tonight, a true American hero. A man history will never forget.
0: You know, there's a very strong chance Austin won't be alive in the morning, Oscar.
7: It's your job to make those other doctors liars, Rudy.
0: We're in
2: a top-security government medical center where high-ranking Oscar Goldman and top scientist Rudy Wells have been listening to one of the many broadcasts devoted to Steve Austin's tragedy.
0: Is your team all set to go? They're scrubbing now. The plastics are already in the operating room along with the microcircuitry and the other hardware. Oscar, we've had the technology to do this for some time now. Every scientific variable has been computed and taken into account. Except for one thing. The human factor. Right. We still don't know the extent of the psychological effects this operation will have on a human being. Assuming the patient even survives. But if
7: he does, Rudy, we'll be witnessing one of the scientific achievements of the century. The birth of the world's first bionic man.
2: For 14 hours, Rudy Wells and his team of highly trained specialists painstakingly labor over the battered and broken body of Colonel Steve Austin, implementing scientific principles and technological procedures never before tested on a human being. And overseeing each and every phase of the incredibly intricate operation is a vigilant Oscar Gold, silently spectating from the observation room. It is not until seven days later that Steve Austin opens his eyes to groggily wonder where he is without the slightest inkling that one of the eyes he just opened is not his own.
6: Uh, Am I dreaming, or is everyone in heaven as beautiful as you?
0: You're not dreaming, and you're not in heaven, Colonel, but thanks for the compliment. Now, take your medication. There you are.
7: Thank you, nurse. Uh, Could you leave us alone now? Who are you? My name's Oscar Goldman, and
6: this is Dr. Rudy Wells. He headed the surgical team that worked on you. Colonel Austin? I don't know how you guys managed it, but thanks for pulling me through. I was sure I was a goner on the way down. How do you feel? A little dragged out and groggy, but otherwise, great. Like I've never been better.
7: That's exactly right, Colonel Austin. You never have been better. You're better now than you
0: ever were before. What's that supposed to mean? In saving your life, Colonel Austin, we had to make some adjustments in your physical makeup. Adjustments?
7: Improvements would be a better word. You're now faster, stronger, more durable than you ever were. Take a
6: look at your right hand. It's my hand. So what? Move the fingers. I I don't get it. I see the fingers moving, but it
0: doesn't feel like I'm moving them. You are and you're not. The nerve impulses from your brain are being
6: relayed via microcircuitry and mini-transistors. Wait a minute. It's not just my fingers. My whole arm feels this way. Just what did you guys do to me?
7: We saved your life the only way possible a way that only became possible this year, thanks to
0: recent breakthroughs in technology. What sort of technology? Bionics, Colonel Austin. We have used advanced scientific techniques to duplicate what your own flesh and blood used to do.
7: Used to do? Your injuries were extremely grave, Colonel. You lost your right arm and both your legs, along with your left eye. You mean this arm I've got now? It's bionic,
6: as are your legs and your eye. We don't expect you to adjust to this all at once. After all... I don't want any part of any of it. You should have let me die in that plane. I'm getting out of here. No, Austin, you must stay in your bed. Out of my way.
0: You it... mustn't. Your bionic legs aren't ready yet. But like an enraged
2: wild animal, Steve Austin leaps from his bed, his bionic arm knocking Oscar and Rudy aside like they were no more than rag dolls.
7: <laughs> Don't be a fool, Austin. Rudy!
2: As Oscar Goldman rushes to a stunned Rudy's side, a bionic wild man begins to charge through the hospital corridor.
3: He
7: must be stopped. Where are the
2: orderlies?
7: There they are. (laughs) use. Those bionic guns are too much fun. This will stop him.
0: Mr. Goldman, you've got the tranquilizer gun.
7: Rudy said compressed air charge will put him to sleep in seconds.
2: (laughs) The bionic man feels the drugged air blast against his neck, whirls angrily to face his attacker, and then...
0: I didn't think we'd ever stop him. You dosed him just in time, Mr. Goldman.
6: If you ask me, all the government's got so far for their six million is an uncontrollable wild man.
2: It is another 24 hours before Steve Austin opens his eyes again to see Oscar Goldman again standing at his bedside.
6: How do you feel? After yesterday, how come I'm not strapped to my bed?
7: You lost control of yourself, that's all. It was understandable under the circumstances. Besides, I don't
6: think we could find a strap your bionic arm couldn't break through. I know. I'm stronger, faster, better, right? But you left out one thing. I'm not a man anymore. I'm afraid. I'm not going to debate the issue with you, Colonel. There's someone on the floor who's been begging to meet you. He's a
7: general son, and he's been paralyzed from the waist down. I'm afraid not even bionics can repair the damage to his spinal cord.
2: At that moment, the door opens, and a 10-year-old boy, strapped to a wheelchair, rolls himself in.
7: It's all right, Bobby. Come in. Bobby, this is Steve Austin. Colonel, this is little Bobby Phillips.
0: Steve Austin! Oh, wow! You don't know what a thrill it is to meet you!
7: I'll leave you two alone now.
0: I've been your biggest fan, Colonel Austin, ever since that day I watched you walk on the moon on TV. Boy, that was some crash you were in last week. But Mr. Goldman says you'll be okay.
6: That's what he tells me.
0: Anyway, I was in an accident, too, but I wasn't as lucky as you. Still, if one of us had to end up stuck in a wheelchair, I'm glad it was me. I'm just a little kid. I'm not nearly as important as an astronaut.
6: You really believe that, don't you?
0: Well, I've got to be going now. I'll be back later to get your autograph, if that's okay.
2: The crippled youngster wheels himself out, leaving an ashamed Steve Austin alone with his thoughts and his self-pity. The next morning, as Oscar and Rudy walk along the corridor of the hospital's top-secret bionic wing...
0: So, the kid did get to see him
7: yesterday. Yes, but we still don't know what effect, if any, the... That sound,
0: what is it? It seems to be coming from the therapy room. Sounds like a treadmill.
2: And as they fling open the door to the well-equipped therapeutic gym.
0: It's Austin. I
7: see. look at the speedometer. He's running over 60 miles per hour and still accelerating. Incredible. The bionic legs are functioning perfectly. Rudy, I think Colonel Austin just may have decided being bionic might be worth a try
2: after all. And several days later, a pleased Oscar Goldman records an impressive progress report into his personal diary.
7: Turned out that the session with a little boy snapped Austin out of his self-pity and back to his senses. We immediately began running tests on him and found to our amazement his bionic strength was powerful enough to lift entire cars. His bionic legs were mighty enough to enable him to jump a full 30 feet in the air. His bionic eye was telescopic enough to read the lettering on a postage stamp from 100 yards away. Everyone on the project agrees our six million dollar man was worth every penny he cost. But I can't help wondering what Steve Austin would say if he ever found out that Bobby Phillips could walk as well as any other boy. Because he was an actor I hired to play on Steve Austin's sympathy and common sense. It was a dirty trick, I admit, but sometimes in a crisis. End of tape for now. Signing off. Come in. Come in, Steve. You should be very proud of yourself. Your test performances have far
6: exceeded our expectations. That's just what I wanted to talk about, Oscar. Oh? I wasn't an astronaut and a test pilot for nothing. I've been around long enough to know the government doesn't invest six million dollars into a man without expecting something in return. I can't fault your logic, Colonel. I didn't think you would. I owe you a few, don't I? Let's just say there'll be occasional
7: jobs we'd like you to do for us. In fact, I could brief you on your first assignment right now. What do you say,
6: pal? Steve Austin reporting for duty, pal.